0: Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to a new episode of Sharings with Shama. I am happy to be back. It seems like I have a bi weekly show at the moment, so I'm not recording every week. I am doing this when I have a flow. And um, yesterday evening, I was, you know, it's like having an inventor's mind. I get an idea or I get a thought and that becomes like a train of thought and then my mind is wandering off and I I feel like, okay, here's a topic. And I was just thinking, contemplating yesterday about one day at a time. You know this saying, one day at a time, and how to live that way. And today is the the Suicide Prevention Day and it's like in Sweden it was 1,588 people who killed themselves last year. That doesn't sound so much and um, it is. Worldwide it's almost a million people who commit suicide every year. And I was contemplating about this taking life one day at a time and how easy that is for me right now and how come it's so easy to do something that used to be so extremely difficult how can one go as in in my case from one extreme to the other how can I go from not you know, bearing to live one more day, to just live my life one day at a time, thinking it's magnificent. And I'm really contemplating about these, you know, the the two opposites and what it means. And then all of a sudden I was thinking, I was writing also in my book, I was writing that it's really like for the people who struggle with mental health the people who struggle and don't want to live it's like a minority you know it's like suicide is treated like you know a minority it's like kind of a racism in diagnosis in like the mental health aspect the whole area is like is like racism and i was thinking about that okay so We learned really the hard way this year that it's us who are not, you know, uh, suffering from racism, who are not in the minorities that has to do something. We are the ones to act. We are the ones to take action. And it's like this everywhere. It's like... You know, the struggle, the fight always comes from the one's suffering. And I'm just, this is so wrong. It's so wrong in every aspect, in every area of life. When it comes to racism, when it comes to, you know, um, it doesn't matter what it is. Like if it's politics, if it's, you know, feminism, if it's equality, if it's, it doesn't matter what it is. When there is some kind of discrimination It's the discriminated people who are fighting instead of the opposite. And I'm just thinking that, okay, if we have a small minority, we have a small group of people who are discriminated, if they are the ones to fight against this big, you know, Goliath that the other part of the population is... There will never be equality. There will never be a change. And I was sitting with this one day at a time. On the far end we have depression and suicide. And on the other end we have just being content. Living life. Grateful one day at a time. Not thinking much. And I'm thinking like, okay, in that area when you're content and you are able to live your day, your life one day at a time. I mean, we are, are we five billion people? I'm not good at this. But at least we are many, many more than the one million people who commit suicide every year. But the thing is that the one million people who do, they are the ones struggling. And I'm just thinking that, The ones not struggling are the ones that need to do something. They are the ones who need to take action, okay, because from the struggling side. And trust me, I've been there. I've been there so many times. There's not much you can do because you can't live another day. And I'm just sitting with this, you know, the polarities, and I'm thinking, what is the way forward? What is the way forward for humanity if we now come to realize that, okay, it's the white privileged people that need to take action to make a change happen when it comes to black lives. We really need to take a stand. We need to act. We can't just sit and watch and be complacent. That means that when it comes to mental health, the mentally stable You know, the fat and happy people, the ones who does not really understand what it means to be depressed, who doesn't really have anxiety, doesn't know what it is. You are the ones that need to act. You are the ones, you know, with the muscles. You are the ones with the power. You are the ones with the stability. Um, Often you are the ones with the money and the power also. And I'm just thinking how to make a change. And then I have myself right now. And if I just, you know, I'm always for this change to come from me, I can make a change in my closest circle. My closest circle, my absolutely closest circle, is myself. And I have these polarities. Six months ago, I was severely depressed, I did not want to live. I didn't try to commit suicide, but I woke up and I did not want to live. I was severely depressed. And now, six months later, I'm sitting here in my living room. I don't have a job. I don't have a partner. I'm still struggling financially a bit, you know. I, I'm really happy. I'm really content. I love my life. I love my kids, I love my flowers, I love my dogs, I love my friends. I just feel like I'm really, really happy. My daughter, she asked me today, Mom, what are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm going to a doctor's appointment at quarter to ten, and then nothing. And she looked at me and she said, Okay, have a good day. And I'm not feeling guilty. I'm not feeling like... Oh, why don't I have a job and I should go do something. I should be productive somehow. And I don't feel that. I just feel happy. So inside myself, I know I'm capable of these two polarities. I can be the person who is severely depressed and suicidal. And I can be the person who is extremely content and happy. On the side where I'm depressed, it's a struggle to live day, one day, you you know, to live life one day at a time. It's really like the thought of waking up tomorrow to this life is terror, you know, it's really it's if you haven't been there. I, I can't right now, where I'm at right now, since I'm on the happy side, I can't explain what it feels like. But for those of you who are interested, there is a, an episode, I think I called it depression, something, where you can listen to how I am when I'm there. And from that space, I can't act. I can't take any action. I can't be, you know... Um, I I can't work to prevent suicide, I can't come with good information, I can't give good advice, I can't do, you know, because I can't do anything for myself. So from that position, I am unable to act and make a change happen. But from this position where I'm at right now... I don't even want to make a change. I don't need to make a change. I'm just happy. You know, everything is good. I don't even need to have a job to be happy, obviously. And this is what I'm, I think I'm trying to get at. That when I am happy, I kind of step into the role of the people who are mentally stable. And I feel safe and secure here. I feel really content here. I feel normal here. And I don't fight the fight that needs to be fought, you know, I don't fight it the way I should when I'm on this side. So that's why I'm here today, to make all of us who are content, happy, who think life is quite easy and we can wake up and we have a good day, we don't you know, need miracles to happen. We're kind of grateful for what we got and life is not a struggle. We must do something. And really, when I say that we must do something, it's not enough to just be content and happy. I feel so relieved when I'm on this side, you know, and I know that... Here is where I need to, you know, use my voice. Here is where I need to remind myself of, you know, the one million people who does not survive. This year, 2020, it may be 1.3 million people. We don't know what corona is doing to us. But we sure know that our mental health is not better 2020 than what it was 2019. And this means that all of us that can, you know, that have the power, have the ability to make a change, we must make a change. And then, what can we do? I think that, in general, when I feel suicidal, when I don't want to live, when I think that I have nothing to live for, when I have no reason to live. What I need then is friends. And I know it's super, super hard to reach out. Some of us have really big problems to reach out to people when they are depressed, when they are low, you know, when they're struggling because it reminds us there's some wound in our, in our inside us that gets triggered. But the easiest way to actually support someone is to be a friend, you know, to really care. I think this loving and caring aspect in life is what we have too little of, too little of. And I think it's been like this forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. ever. So I think the love and care and investigation and asking and asking difficult questions and being a bit uncomfortable. Me and my sister, you know, we have both experience of suicide. I made my first attempt when I was around 19 and um, and we have so much experience in this area. So we know that we go through any length You know, we are really uncomfortable. A friend broke up with me because I was so uncomfortable. Uh, I did not back off her case. And, uh, And that's worth it. If I can save her life, that's worth it. So I think really, 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 when it comes to when we worry for people's lives, we go, we take any measure. I have a friend of mine, her son... He's 15. He tried to commit suicide two or three times this year. And she has surrendered to that she can't save his life. But she sure as hell has tried. Really, really, really tried. And that's what we do. Another person's life, we can't live it, we can't, you know. But when we are worried about someone, we reach out. I do that. I do that on Instagram. I have friends on Instagram that that I know are struggling at times. And I reach out to them at times just asking, how are you? And people reach out to me just asking, how are you, Shama? And it matters. So the more we reach out to each other, I think we can save lives, you know, especially in corona times And I think also more and more people are kind of disappearing right now. Uh, They stop, you know, connecting with anyone. And when you get worried, you take some steps. Okay. So that's one thing that we can do uh, if we feel that we worry for someone. Sometimes I, I lose my train of thought. Right now, for example, I'm thinking that what I would do... I have, you know, I have four children. And I have a theory. I have lots of theories when it comes to suicide when it comes to blood pressure, when it comes to genes, our genetics, when it comes to puberty, what happens then and so on. And I'm watching my kids, you know, I watch them grow up. I monitor them. I know which ones of them are stable, mentally stable, and which ones are not. And I notice changes in their behavior, in their mood. And I'm like an eagle, you know watching from above and one of my kids um, I advised her this this um, spring to go to a doctor and see if she needs um, antidepressants and uh, she began taking them and her life changed from being extremely moody from being extremely angry and um, not happy at all her life has changed And it has improved so much, her social life, her work life, her, you know, um, her sleep, everything has improved so much. And I'm thinking that, okay, what happened to us? I read today that the biggest increase in suicide is young girls, girls between 15 and 24, which is a kind of, uh, what do you say, my theory because I have a theory and I wish I was a researcher that I could dig into this and just investigate but I have a theory that what happens in young women in puberty not only women not only girls boys also when we enter puberty there is so much happening at the same time there is like our hormones are shifting uh, our bodies are changing we are affected in the mood we are affected in the sleep we maybe want to sleep all day or you know we have very low energy or there is so much changing and the changes that happens tell me the teenager who doesn't have increased conflicts with their parents and perhaps other adults teachers and so on There is like, it's part of it. It's part of growing up, the rebellious side. The thing is that adult people are not so good at handling puberty. I know after raising four kids that the years 13, 14 are really difficult. If things go wrong there and then, it's so easy to get on the wrong track. So I have taken, like with my two youngest ones, I have really taken it as a, as a task to be super present when they were like 13, 14, 15. To really check on their alcohol levels, check on their relationship, check on their school, how they are in the mood, everything, you know, and to make sure that they are okay. And if something happens during these years, parents get divorced... Or a boyfriend breaks up with you. And this is also like 16, 17, 18, you know, high school also. Uh, if something happens major in these years, for me, for example, my father got cancer when I was 15. He died when I was 18. This was a major, major event for me. And it ruined my teenage years totally. And I began to drank, drink a lot and, you know, I had really big, big... Um, social relationship issues and, and you know, I distanced myself and I developed an eating disorder and, and I can see that what happens during these years and I realized that one of my children, the one I spoke about before, she got really, really sick. She spent six months in hospital when she was 16 and her boyfriend dumped her at the same time. And... I realized that she went into a depression at that point. The thing is that her depression came out as anger. It didn't come out as a low, you know, uh, depressed mood. It came out as anger. So I always like walked on eggshells around her thinking that I always do something wrong. There's something wrong with me. She doesn't like me and so on. And I began to realize when she said one day, Mom, I love you so much. I just want to, you know, crawl under your skin. I want to be with you all the time. And I'm like, I don't feel that way. I feel like you hate me. And she's like, no, I love you so much. And I'm just beginning to realize something is wrong here. And this behavior escalated until the point when I asked, how are you? I mean, you are so angry, you're treating me so bad, I can't stand it anymore. And then it turned out she is not feeling well. And she went to the doctor, and now after like a couple of months with antidepressants, she's a completely different person. She's back to her old self. She was severely depressed, severely depressed, without us knowing it, because we thought that she was just angry. And that was a behavior that she developed during puberty. And I think how many of us can recognize this, that when we enter puberty, we begin to test, you know, borders. We begin to drink alcohol, hang out with boys, not coming home at night. Parents upset with us and things are beginning to kind of rock and shake our boat. And we didn't really come back to a good place after you know, it never really ended. I am pretty sure that when my father got cancer, um, my mom became unemployed at the same time. We had to move. I had to move twice when I was 15 and 16. And with dad's cancer. And then I moved away from home when I was 17. He died when I was 18. And I can see during these years, there was too much instability And I developed a depression that most likely didn't leave me, you know, until years later, maybe when I was, you know, 20, 24, 23, 24, maybe. Um, So I think I had that for almost 10 years, from 15 and on. And I think that this happens a lot when we enter puberty. So I think one thing to do that is important is our young adults we really have to be more present we need to watch them more closely we have to interfere more we have to really work on the relationships we have to realize that this is a super sensitive period in time and we must work to get this right it's us privileged parents or friends or aunts or uncles or whatever, you know. We are the ones who need to get this right. Because our young adults, they are struggling. They're struggling with their self, uh, you know, with their self-love, self-confidence. They are comfortable in their bodies. Uh, they're drinking. They're getting angry with and things are happening. And, you know, it's a struggle, a struggle truly. And we need to support them. This is, for me, this is the worst, you know. The, the, the kids, you know, the young adults, 15 to 29, something like that, they are the ones who kill themselves, you know. If they don't die in a traffic car crash, traffic accident, they commit suicide. And for me, it's so, so, so tragic. And it's not for them to work out. It's for us to work out. And I'm thinking, what can we do? How can we be a network? How can we be better? And I'm thinking back with my my children. I had with Rachel, I had a couple of girls who always stayed with us. You know, I took them under my wings kind of. I think I recognized myself a lot in those girls. And later, when they have become you know really beautiful adults uh, and I met them, they always you know hugged me especially and said thank you for having me when I was young and and I'm thinking when I was a kid, I had my my father's step my, my stepmom and I also had my best friend um, her his mom Gunnar she was also like an extra mom for me. I needed. An extra pair of mothers. I needed so much more mothering than what my mom could give me. I needed so much more parenting than what my parents could give me. And I think there. Oi, oh, sorry. Sorry. We're gonna have this for a while. I don't know if I can blank you out. So that's okay, Henry. That's okay. So, not, not, do Sorry about that. Uh, maybe you missed Henry on my podcast. So I'm thinking that if we can begin to parent each other's children, because it's really, really difficult to be a teenage parent, you know, parent to teenagers, it can be the hardest. You know, I have struggled with everything from, you know, uh, severely drunk kids, you know, uh, picking them up on, on downtown or kids who doesn't want to live and try to commit suicide or, or drug use or, you know, everything, the whole spectra, uh, self-harming behavior and, you know, being far too young to drink at all at school time. And you know, I have had a lot of stuff going on. And I could absolutely, and since I was alone, more or less, I also had to be like, always felt like I had to be this super mom. I had to be like extra, extra, extra good. And then also with all the guilt and, you know, I was carrying and trying to compensate and be better. And, you know, it's been a hard, hard job raising four kids. And I think we should have like a network of supporting parents for our young kids, that we need to be better. We need to be better parents for all kids, all children. And we need to understand that that when they are 13, 14, 15, then it's not the time to take that new job with extra commitment, more travel, you know, more hotel nights, um, late hours, uh, that's not the time. I think that when they are like 13, 14, 15, then it's the time to work part-time instead, to be home when they finish school, to be much more support, to be more present in their life and really make a change for the young adults because they are the ones where you can see that suicide is increasing and they can't fix it. Trust me. Being 17 and not wanting to live, you can't fix it. You don't have a solution. If you had a solution, you would take it. And unfortunately, the solution that we have is often drugs or alcohol. So we need to offer them different solutions. We need to to make them understand that it's completely normal to not feel okay during these years. It's completely normal to not be happy. It's completely normal to feel that this is a shitty time. And it will pass. With the right support, love and care, it will pass. And this is really like to create a network. I feel it's so, so, so important. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's strange that no one is doing research on this. What happens in puberty? I hated it. I can honestly say the years from 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 until 20, I hated it. It was like the darkest years, totally the darkest years. And the thing is, when you're there, it's not about living life one day at a time. You contemplate about how to end life one day at a time. You really come to a point, if you are depressed, which I think more more young adults than we think and know of are depressed, I think that to wake up and wonder how am I going to make this day, how am I ever going to make another day, That's not living life one day at a time. That's thinking about how ending life. How to end life one day at a time. And we need to make a change. I need to make a change. I'm good today. I'm okay today, I'm sitting in my beautiful living room, the sun is shining, I have so much plants inside, it's like I'm sitting in a garden, my dog is howling in the background, I'm talking to you, I am happy and content, I'm not depressed, I'm not suicidal, which means I'm in the right position to act, I'm in the right position to talk and to say Together we can make a change. The ones of you who are okay today, the ones of you who are happy and feel that life is good, you are the one to make a change. And you can do that just by looking around. You can do that by monitoring your own children, be present in your own children's lives, friends, kids on the street, you know, just interfere be somebody ask can you help can you volunteer someplace can you donate money I mean money is really 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 something that is needed and why is money needed because I think for example research why don't we do more research on suicide? I mean, we do research on brain, heart, cancer, everything, diabetes, everything. Why don't we do more research on suicide? The genetics, you know, the blood you know, status, uh, you know, hormones, puberty. Uh, there's so much we can work with. Exercise, food. There's so, so much. And for that, we need money. So we need to, you know, affect the people who allocate money. So they allocate more money for suicide prevention. In Sweden, there is an organization called Suicide Zero. Uh, The government in Sweden has um, taken on a goal to have zero suicides. So the the organization is called Suicide Zero. And it's a beautiful organization. And uh, I know that in your country, there is an organization like that. So what you can do is that you can actually support them financially for your own kids, you know, for your own mental health, for your neighbor's kids, for anyone, anyone struggling. And today I focus more on young adults because it's close to my heart, especially right now, um, today, on the suicide prevention day, because I know that young people, that's the second biggest cause of death and it's not okay. And the thing is that it's not only the suicide that is not okay, the years leading up to that suicide was not okay. The struggle was not okay. The loneliness was not okay. The fear was not okay. We must understand but that behind every suicide, every actual suicide, there may be years and years and years of the darkest, loneliest struggle And I, I feel like when I, when I talk about that, I now I get the sense of how it is. You know, I get a sense of the darkness, I get a sense of the struggle, and I get a sense of, you know, how it is inside to, to be there. And that is not humane, you know, that is not, is not livable. The thing is, that struggle is not livable. But people live that struggle one day at a time. And next day is a new struggle. And next day is a new struggle. And I feel like if if I can do something, if I can do something to make that change, to, you know, make those days less hard, to make those days not end with a suicide, If I can make anything to change that, I am willing. And I think that that's what I'm doing here. I'm I'm talking to you. I am saying that these polarities inside, I have them inside. I have the depression. I have the suicide. I have the happiness, the gratefulness you know i have them inside and i don't know when i'm going to flip over to the other side because that's how my genetics are if i end up in a crisis i may flip from one day to another so when i'm in this good state of mind when i'm thoughtless you know i have i'm absolute free of thoughts, I have no anxiety, only peace and calm, I'm so happy, I'm so content, and I can swim here forever, and I know I'm not going to do that, because that's not how life is, life is going to push me to the other side eventually, and when that happens, I'm going to sit it out, I have ways now, I have tools to handle depression. I have tools to handle crisis. I know whom to turn to. I know what steps to take and I want to share those with you. And I want you to become more aware of how to be supportive. I want you to also become more aware of the signs of depression That in young people, for example, signs of depression can be anger. It can come out as hostility. It can come out as dislike, distrust, you know, mistrust. It can come out as, you know, something completely different than what you think depression looks like. So just notice and feel that if something is wrong with your kids you know your young teenagers it may be a phase it may pass but if it doesn't if it becomes kind of permanent and if you start to worry about drug use or alcohol or something take action don't you know don't take another job don't drink more alcohol yourself don't escape dive into it be part of it, because we are part of the problem and we need to come with a solution. That's really like, I want to be part of the solution. So many years I felt I was part of the problem and, and now I really feel I want to be part of the solution. Mm. Oh, it's always difficult when I become emotional, it's like part of me hate when I become emotional I hate it I really like fuck why do I have to be this sensitive person why do I have to you know feel why do I have to feel this is also something when I'm happy and content I don't feel so much I just feel happy and content I feel a lot of love I feel a lot of love for you know Dogs and nature and kids and and home and house and beautiful weather and it's like that. Sometimes I just I just I kind of la- label feelings all negative. It's like everything else is just being. When I'm happy, content, loving, I'm just being, and feelings. That's all the the negative, the dark, you know, the sad than I'm feeling Hmm. of course that's not true but in my life it can can seem like that Hmm. those of you I know many many of you struggle like I did six months ago I want you to know that for you the flip side of the coin is there for you too This is something I can say, if I can do this, if I can be happy, anyone can be happy. Because it's not a given in my life. It's really like, if I can do it, you can do it. Trust me on that. And I have a policy now, I do one good thing at a time. Just one good thing at a time. Instead of doing one bad thing at a time. I do one good thing at a time and that could be a dog walk, it could be a cup of tea, it could be lighting a candle, it can be planting a new flower or seed or, you know, it can be washing my hair, it can be taking a sauna, going to the gym, sit in the sauna, it could absolutely be to call a friend and hang out with her, have a coffee, it can be to have a good cry sometimes be to have a good cry to treat yourself with a good cry and then you just do one good thing at a time and if it's really really bad the only thing I know is that we don't commit suicide that is not the solution so we don't do that we call a friend or family member we call someone or you text me it's better to send me a comment i i have like i'm so sorry my instagram my my inbox my dms on instagram has gotten totally out of control i can't answer anymore i kind of lost it so if it's urgent can you can we agree that you text me a black heart in a comment field, and I will reach out to you. If you are in urgent need of me, you send me a black heart in the comment field. Because if you do that, and I don't see it, someone else will. I know that someone who listens to this podcast, if that someone sees a black heart in my comment field, they will tell me, Shama, someone needs you. Or they will reach out to you. This is how we do it, you see. We are in this together. We are a network of people on this planet that actually need more love and we love to love more. There is a song of Carol King, What the World... Um, what the world needs is love more love um uh, it's a beautiful song i will I will add it to my um my stories tomorrow mm. uh, what the world needs now is love sweet love nothing something like that Mm-mm. exact exact so. And this is like we have to make circles, my little circle inside of me where I have, you know, the depressed, suicidal shama, and I have the happy, content, peaceful shama. And I know that it's me, I'm not schizophrenic, but I know at times I'm gonna end up on the depressed side. And it's not freaking me out anymore. I used to be so scared that I would become depressed and kill myself. So I held myself so hard. I controlled myself so hard. And now I just know this is just a way of life for me. My friends, my best friends know it. My sister knows it. Both my sisters, they know it. And it's like, you know, I'm sensitive to green. I have a little sensitivity. And at times it happens, you know, it hits me and then we we take care of it in a good way. And this is what I mean, that if you don't have the support that I feel I have today, don't have the emotional, you know, mental muscles that I feel I have today, you can always put a little black heart in my comment field on any post, any post, okay? And I'm sure that someone will note it, you know, and we will be there for you. It's not just me, there are so many of us, so many of us. And we do this because we know what it's like. You know that when I begin to talk about depression, when I begin to talk about especially especially the struggle, you know, the struggle that lead up to a suicide attempt. Those days, hours, minutes, seconds. this like really no one should live that. Because it's not livable. So we want to avoid that. Which means that we have to be better people for each other. And when I am on kind of the good side, Shama, I can be support to you. I can be that now. And when you are on your good side, on your good platform, you know, when you feel healthy and safe and loving and calm and peaceful and happy, okay, you can be good support to other people. And we just take turns, you know. We just work this. This is how we live. This is how life proceeds. This is how we grow. And we grow in love for each other. And we build and create a network. And when we see someone is struggling, whether a child or we see a young adult is struggling, we take action and we interfere and we offer our support and help. Because I am sure that there are so many young adults struggling who have absolutely no idea that they are depressed. And there is a lot we can do. just say that okay how are you uh you know the if they don't sleep if they are low in the mood or very very angry you know if they can't concentrate or focus and they have absolutely no joy for things they don't want to you know play tennis anymore or soccer anymore how many how many young adults you know teenagers quit their hobbies these years how many so many So I think that there is a big, big, big risk that you can enter depression, impurity, if something happens, you know, if you don't have the support you need, the love you need, if parents divorce or, you know, someone breaks up with you or you have a big fight with a friend, your friend moves or whatever, you know, that shakes your world, shakes your ground, I think is really, really important. And for us adults to be more present these years. To stay home more. Not think of teenage year as a time for your liberation. That is completely wrong. The teenage years is a time for their liberation. You are supposed to be there as a steady rock. I'm here. Whatever you do, however you fuck up, I'm here. And I love you. You call me at three o'clock in the night. You, if you do cocaine, you tell me I'm here. This is like you, we are here, we are present, and they are supposed to liberate themselves. And we are supposed to just be there and call them in and with open arms and support, you know. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. September 10. I pray, my prayer, my prayer, my prayer, my prayer, is that we together can reduce the number of suicides. I pray that we together can be a network of support. That we may, my prayer is that we understand the loneliness, the fear, the anxiety, the struggle that precedes a suicide attempt and that we dare to interfere and offer our loving support more, that we become this network. And how about this? That we decide now that the black emoji heart in a comment field, is a cry out for help. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is if we decide that, okay, black heart means I need support. The worst thing that can happen is that, hi, do you need support? No, why do you ask? Well, you just text you just put a black heart in my comment field. Yeah, but that's just like because I think it's cool. Okay, great. So that's the worst thing that can happen. So hereby I decide globally that whenever we feel in need of support, we put a black heart in someone's comment field. And someone will pick it up and be there for us. Okay. Did you hear? I just like, like a judge. I just said, boom, that's it. That's what we do. Okay, I think I will end this, this podcast with that. Mm-hmm. One day at a time. I pray that we all live one day at a time and that tomorrow will be a good day for everyone and that we survive this day and not only survive it but that we wake up in a good place tomorrow and that we can be there that we can be for each other Thank you everyone for listening Thank you everyone for sharing Thank you for sharing my podcast with your friends. And thank you for sending me your messages, your voice messages. And I really, really appreciate it. And, yeah, I can't clone myself. So I'm always thinking, like, tomorrow I will go through all the comments. Tomorrow I will go through all the comments. Tomorrow I... And then I, I just don't have the energy... I've been enjoying myself doing nothing, you know, just being. Just being has been enough for quite a long time. And that's so new to me. It's so new to me to not feel a pressure to do something. Okay, I love you, I love you, and I wish you all well. puss.